Um, we have uh, some guests tonight, and we have thoroughly enjoyed being in their company uh, at dinner tonight. And uh, I met Brother Harris just actually just a week ago. Uh, Brother Johnstone had been communicating with him, and then they ministered in uh, Puyallup uh, last Wednesday, I guess is what it was, or about that. And uh, I wasn't there, but I was able to watch online from over on this side of the state and uh, felt drawn to make connection with him and did at a conference up in the Bellevue area. And God allowing their schedule shifted and he was able to, he and his wife, to come over and be with us here tonight and then in Sila on Thursday night. Um, I find it so interesting how God uses people so differently. And we have to understand that. We never mirror our own lives or involvement in the kingdom against somebody else's because the Bible teaches the concept of a full equipping, of the edifying of the body of Christ, and the various ministries, actually there's some that are referred to as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and the various giftings that are operating through people in the body of Christ that bring a different dimension into our lives that's important for what God intends for us to become. And uh, I, I felt like I was observing this in Brother Harris and uh, really felt like it would be the will of God for them to come and be with us. And like I said, God kind of shifted their schedule a little bit and they were able to make it our way. I would like to turn this to Brother Harris. Let me say this. Um, we have a... a, uh, a a friend, have had a friend, Brother David Doan, through the years. I met Brother Doan many years ago, spent time with him, ministering alongside him, actually in Tokyo years ago. And uh, Brother Doan has lived in Okinawa. I think his wife was Okinawan, matter of fact. But he was a missionary to Okinawa and eventually became superintendent over the work in Japan. And he recently had a heart attack at a young age. And it's interesting to me that when I came to meet Brother Harris, he and his wife, they are on their way to Okinawa. And so they are missionaries to that area. They have served in various places in the world. Here's what I'd like to share with you about them. Their life continues to change. Their ministry in the kingdom of God has continued to change. They, they served in capacity years ago for a season of time, but then God, who owns us all, said, I want to make an adjustment, and adjusted and sent their ministry, their lives, into another direction. And, and you may hear him say things like, this is something that's new that has begun to happen in our life and in our ministry. That's how flexible and pliable we should be, all of us, in the hand of God. We will remain clay on the wheel of the potter. 
And as he desires to make adjustment and turns in our path, it would behoove us to be pliable, bundable, adjustable. Amen. Because he is the Lord of all. Brother Harris, would you please come take your liberty here tonight? Thank you, Pastor. Let's all give the Lord a hand clap. It's um, really good for me and my wife to be here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. Amen. I appreciate my wife, and I don't want to be on this journey without her. She has been just as submissive to God as I have. Most women would love to have a a home or a place where you can grow your flowers and take care of your stuff and have a permanent place. Uh, and since um, we've been married going on 38 years now, uh, we uh, lived in one place about three years uh, and then like 15 years in another place. And the rest of our um uh, marriage she's willingly everyone says she ever said i'm not going you go without me i ain't doing this uh and she's left her friends her family as well as my, as my family and uh we've left uh, our kids and we have grandkids in in wisconsin and have 35 year old daughter and 30 year old son I know I look a lot younger and y'all are looking at me like, you know, you got to be about, you know, don't even say it, you know. But if you're feeling that way, well, looks can be deceiving. Uh, but uh, I really appreciate my wife and I just love her and I thank her. I try to do it every time I get behind the pulpit. Well, I mean, I tell her I love her every day, sometimes twice. <clears throat> amen, amen. And really, it's good to be with you and be with your great pastor. And I've seen him many times. I've seen him at uh, conferences in Maryland. Uh, I didn't know who he was. He was the untouchables to me. Uh, <laughs> he was with Brother Wright. And, and uh, I mean, I'm just saying to me, you know. You have people that, I mean, they're touchable, but you just think that they're not touchable. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, they're just like like your boss or whatever. <laughs> don't look at me like y'all don't have you, man. Uh, but really, they're not. Most of the time. If they are, then if they're in church, God will take care of them. He knows how to take people down. But thanks for inviting me, Brother Schoonover. It, it's really a, an honor, and it's such a serious thing to step behind the podium or address a group of people with the word of God. This could be uh, at one time a place I was at and I was preaching the Lord spoke to me and said uh, I was there for a revival and this was the second or third night and the Lord spoke to me in my message and said to me tonight somebody's is your last night and uh, that's all I got. So I got to looking around to see how many old people was there. You know, I thought maybe 
I looked for the ones that looked like they had one foot on a banana peel. And even though they weren't standing, but, you know, they looked like they were about to peel, you know. And I thought, man, I better, you know. And so, uh, uh, so when it was all said and done, and I stepped out in faith and I spoke this was somebody's last service, then the Lord let me know that a man in this church had told his wife on the way to church, unless God gets a hold of me and touches me in this service tonight, I will never, ever go back to church again. This is how important every service is. I know we do traditions. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Amen. I know we have our traditional songs and stuff, you know, some more traditional than others. But, but we never know. We look at each other, and everybody looks really good. Everybody looks really happy. But only God knows what's really deep inside of you. I've known people that left the service and committed suicide. And, and uh, sometimes we've reached for them. But, but with this particular uh, person, when I said those words, and I said, God has touched you, now you do what you said you were going to do if God touched you. And all of a sudden, the man stood up, and the whole church went, went uh, couldn't believe it, because the man stood up, the young man, and he went, ah! He was, he was beginning to cry out. He was the bass player of the church. Every service, for years, he'd come to church. Everybody thought he was well, and he sat on, the, on there. He worshiped. He paid his tithes. His whole family was in church. Amen. we got to have God. Amen. Amen. This is not about personalities. This, this is not about uh, uh, positions. This, this is except the position to be under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And speak as the oracle of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so every time that we get up, and every minister does, I hope, uh, and uh, uh, we need to do our best to seek the will of God to help us, that he would help us to help somebody. There's a lot of messages in the Bible. We can do a lot of things. We can preach with no notes. We can get up and scream and holler, and we can spit. Yeah, we still spit. But have we ministered to somebody, somebody touched, somebody stirred? Amen. Praise God. What about you on your job? God's given you that job, not just for you only to have an income. He's given you your income so that you can be blessed, but not only that, but you can bless the kingdom of God. He's put you, mm, he's put you strategically into that place because it's his perfect will. Amen? I don't like my job. I don't like my boss. You're in God's perfect will. You don't like your wife sometime either, but you live with her. And you're married to your paycheck. Hello? You put up with a lot of stuff to stay there. But understand the reason that you're there is because God gets you. He's setting you up and setting that place up for apostolic revival by you. Amen. And you think you're just a, a menial uh, worker and you're treated like one. But understand, it's not about uh, what you're treated like there. It's about who God says you are. And understand that God's got his hand up on you and God's got you right where he wants you. If he don't, you'll get fired tomorrow. And he'll give you another job. Amen. 
So while you're there, look for opportunity. Amen? Because those around you, you're a minister too. It's not just about right here. Hey, I'm a missionary. I don't know. I don't see that in the five-fold ministry, but anyway. I do mission work. And I come in after flying 35 hours from the nation of India. It's been a few years ago. I come in, and I fly back. My brother picks me up from the airport, takes him to my house, which is a 36-foot travel trailer. I get to pull my house with me. Takes me back to my trailer. I've been gone for some years, and I come back. <clears throat> my wife's computer's acting up. You know that God caused my wife's computer to act up? He allowed it to happen. He set everything up. I had no idea. You don't have no idea what you're doing on your job or what God is doing through you. <laughs> I know you think you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, what am I here with? You know, I clarify that. <clears throat> I'm going to preach here in just a few minutes, maybe. Everybody can preach. So, After flying 35 hours on a jet in economy seating. Oh, yeah. We don't get first class of business. We don't have that kind of money. And you fly. And after about 12 hours of flying, you're ready to open the exit door and jump right out. You don't care where you land or if you land. You won't even know it. Because you're so tired of being in that jet. You know you've been over. I took my wife's computer after I Got over a little bit, just a little bit of jet lag. Took my wife's computer to the computer store. The man and his wife, the owners, were just new to Pentecostal experience, and I did know that. So I took it to Mansur's computer shop. I told him I was wrong. I said, they said, oh, we're so glad you're back, Brother Harry. We're glad you're back, brother. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Come on back here and tell us. So we went in the back of the shop, and these workers are back there working. I'm talking about God filling people with the Holy Ghost, casting out devils, uh, the blind eyes opening, deaf ears unstopping, uh, gorders falling off of people's necks, and, 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 and seeing all these things. And, 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 and uh, uh, in the month of, uh, uh, in 2020, January and February, 8,500 uh, Hindus received the Holy Ghost in the nation of India in two or three different crusades and, and all the things. And, and this guy's listening, and he comes over, and it's the owner's brother, Damon. No, I'm not scheduled in any church in that area where I'm at in Arkansas. I'm going to some others. And I start talking to Damon. And he says, I read the book of Acts. And I said, what happens when you read Acts chapter 2? I knew what happened. I just wanted him to tell me. He says, something just moves all over me when I read Acts chapter 2 about that Holy Spirit, he said. And he said, but I go to church and I, they don't do that. And I said, well, what do they do at your church? What, what does it take to be saved at the church you go to? I knew what that was too. He said, well, I've only been there like five years, but I really don't know. He said, I think you just believe. You might shake the preacher's hand. I ain't never heard in five years or how many ever long ago he was there. All the years he's been there, I've never heard the pastor ever tell us what to do to be saved. I, I guess you just go to church. I said, where do you go? I like the youth group. He was a young man, single. I like the music. Maybe we play some good old music, you know, contemporary 
Anyway, talked to him a little bit more. He was telling me what he felt. And I said, you know what? I'm feeling that right now. He said, I'm feeling it too. And I said, well, that Holy Spirit in the book of Acts that you read about, I said, it wants to come inside your life. and figure. So we talked a few minutes. He repented. In the back of the computer store, he's getting the Holy Ghost. So I just started a Bible study with everybody in the computer shop. I'm a, I go to mission school. I'm not even a pastor in America. I don't even live here. I have no house. I live overseas. I haven't lived over in America in seven years. I sold everything that I had on a call. And never even got to the country where I wanted to go because they told me I couldn't go. I had to go to another country and wait. But you know what? I just heard the voice of God. I left <clears throat> a job, it really wasn't a job, over $100,000, and I just walked off. Because I heard from God. You've got to be crazy. That's right. I am crazy. I have lost my mind. And I hope you lose yours too. Amen. We need to lose it. That person's lost a pilot. Glory to God. Now to some of you, you know, most people understand that. Thank the Lord. So I was in the area for five weeks. And for five weeks, then people came to the place where I was at, the missionary house that wasn't mine, where they let me stay. And I stayed in the evangelist quarters, more or less. And I taught Bible study for five weeks. None of them put money into my pocket. You see, it don't matter what you are. You still need to be active in doing something. To be and, and, and mainly be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and let God lead you. Amen. Because people on your job, they're hurting. And you know, when that person asked you, great day. He don't ask you that. You say yes. But but when he tells you that or that, you know, they got a headache, don't you know God's setting you up to perform a miracle and you pray for them? Amen. Don't say, let me give you an aspirin here, I'll help you out. I mean, you do that, but first pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord's good. Amen. I was in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. I fixed the preaching in a minute. I'm talking about the goodness of God. I'm in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, and I'm getting ready to preach. We come through town. And I, I'm a, I love Goodwill, St. Vincent de Paul. I love all those thrift stores. And I like to hit every one of them. Sometimes I'll tell her she's doing paperwork for global missions and stuff. And I'll say, honey, I'll be back later. You know, my phone, I'm going, I'm going thrift store hunting. And I go to every one of them that I can. Burlington Co. Factory. Sometimes I don't buy nothing. If there's yard sales, I hit them. Amen? So when we were coming into town, Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, we saw this thrift store because I got an eye that could spot them like four miles in the radius. I just all of a sudden see through buildings and everything. And I said, there's one of those stores. I got I to gotta hit it. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. We, 
We got into town, had service, and I had one more the next. And then the next day, the Lord, when I when I went to prayer, the Lord spoke to me, and He said, "Go to that thrift store." I'm like, "Oh yes, even God wants me to go to the thrift store." <laughs> I mean, maybe I could tell His wife. My wife says, "What'd you spend that for?" God said to. God's fault. Well, a little bit stretching it. But anyway, it sounded good. So I knew he didn't want me to go buy something, but God sent me. So I'm walking around the store. I'm in the thrift store. The workers come by and they're like, can I help you? I'm like, no, I'm okay. And I keep looking, you know. I mean, East Little Six has got somebody's junk, you know, and this junk's like flea market, you know, the interior flea market, antiques. And I'm looking, pretty soon they come back like 30 minutes. They said, uh, can I help you? I'm like, no, I'm just looking. <laughs> Finally, I'm wondering, they probably think I'm trying to like, you know, check the place out. You know, what's that word, you know? Case the place. There you go, see. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about here. But I've been looking for that word for a long time, but I'm casing the place or something. I'm feeling kind of, you know, awkward, you know, inconspicuous or something. And I'm still in there, and finally I'm like, God, okay, there ain't nobody here but these people, and they want to know what I'm doing here. And I don't know what I'm doing here. And furthermore, I couldn't find nothing I wanted to buy. And I came out one of those little booths, and these little group of women walked by, and the Lord said, that's that one. So I walked over to this woman, and I said, ma'am, how are you? <laughs> I mean, and she said, I'm fine. And I said, you know what? I said, God sent me here to talk to you. She's like, God sent you here to talk to me. I said, yeah. She started crying in the store. She said, I'm a backslider. And I've been praying, God, if there's any hope that I can come back to you, please send somebody let me know that I haven't done too much. God sends me. I don't even live here. I'm telling you again. But God wants to use everybody like that. There's no certain key, you know. He say, I, I sit down with Brother Hernandez, the late Eli Hernandez, in the country of Bangladesh. He'd come over many times. We did crusades and, and uh, used to go with a couple other guys, but one of them's not with us no more. But, uh, uh, but, but I sit with Eli Hernandez. I said, oh, Brother Eli. You know, we were just me and him. Eli, that's what, he, that's what his name was. I said, Eli, I said, man, tell me how much you pray a day. Talk to me. I said, I know for your walk with God, the way you operate in a dimension like that, I said, you know, uh, you must, you know, tell me. And he's like, okay. Are you ready? I'm like, yeah. He said, I get up in the morning and I make my coffee. Yeah. I'm like, I was waiting. I wake up at the crack of dawn and I begin to go into intercession for... And I'm waiting like, okay, he's drinking. And he said, I go on the back porch if the weather's nice. If not, I sit in the den. And I got my coffee there. And I sit down and I say, good morning, Jesus. So glad you could meet with me today. I'm so honored to be in your presence. No, you can't do that. You've got to, I mean, you know, but that's what Eli Hernandez did all day long. Now, he didn't sip coffee all day long, sit there. But he was in contact with God all day long. And in his spare time, because he had to function as a man, do things, travel. But in his every available time, his mind was on the Lord. And he was talking to God all throughout the day. Now, that works for him. Other people have other ways. And that's fine, too. 
But I was just waiting on this. He has an eight-hour prayer life. Which really, that's kind of, you know, you got to live. <clears throat> but you can't do it. Amen. I've been in churches where I had to pray five to eight hours a day. And it ain't hard what you get in the spirit because you forget about time. I've been in churches with church trouble that nobody told me nothing about and they were kicking the pastor out. And I mean, there was, it, was, it was some serious stuff going on. Pastor had to change the locks on the door because the board members wanted to come in and tear him apart and beat the fire out of him. And they had prayer meetings. A group of men come together in the morning and had prayer meetings there. Those that were, I hate to say it, on his side. That sounds so weird to say that. And I didn't pray with those guys. Because some mornings they tried to leave and big demons stood by the door and held them in there for three hours and they had to press through to victory. And they had to pray an intercessory prayer until they, I mean, there were demons came to church. I tell you, that man kept me at that church for two weeks and wouldn't tell me nothing except you're just doing good. Just keep on plowing. Everything's fine. While the people downstairs were after service, he told me later, a presbyter would take him down there. He would go in his office and they'd say, quit telling Brother Harris what's going on here. Quit telling Brother. He's like a brother. He said, if God could strike me, he said, I swear on him. If I could swear, I would promise on staff. He kept on trying to convince him. I've never told him nothing. They're like, no, you're telling him everything. But let me tell you where that'll put you. That'll put you when you get done ministering that you'll run to the bathroom and you'll flood your bowels out because you'll be so sick. Because the pressure and stress of the spirit that you're having to contend with, you're sick as a dog. Now, you're not sick like that all day. After you deliver your soul and God speaks and you're out into an area where you don't never, you know, the pastor's like, when it's over, he's like, and God brought reconciliation to the church. Is the last week, two weeks of preaching or whatever I was doing. I had no idea. I never got one message. I never got a word from the Lord about what to preach. I walked up there and opened up my stuff and started on a message, and that was all. And that last Sunday night, that second Sunday night, yeah. And all during this time, the devil told me, I'm killing your wife when she leaves down the road. And every time she went down the road with my two kids in that car to buy groceries or do whatever they did, I was laying in between that altar. I said, God, please don't let him take my kid. The, the fear. I didn't say I was captured by it, but it was on me. Amen? But you know, you can go there, and nothing wrong with that. You just got to expect that the closer you get to God, there's just a fine line between the spirit realm that you walk in. And when you get closer, the other spirit wants to hinder you and will do what he can to stop you from getting where you need to be when he sees you're really serious. But we really got to be serious. This is the time to be serious. <clears throat> that night was a Sunday night. My travel trader was hooked up. I had to leave and be in Illinois to start a camp on Tuesday morning 
and I had almost two days of travel, and I know how I was going to have to leave after service and drive all night long and stop, hook up my, maybe pull over and sleep in our trailer. You know, it was going to be impossible. A Sunday night, he gave me this service at 6.30, and at 10.30, I'm still in the pulpit. No, I'm not screaming and hollering. But the people out there, their legs are knocking. I'm saying their knees are knocking. The pastor's wife, who is the ladies' ministry director of the district I'm in, her husband is a presbyter. She's laid back there between the chair, pew chairs. Been praying the whole service. Pastor's laying on the platform. He's prostrate. And at 1045, a man gets up. And I didn't know that he's the ringleader of this whole big family that's fixing to destroy this church, he thinks. And he walks toward me, and he walks up on the platform, and I'm up there, and I'm thinking like, oh, Lord, man, I'm not a fighter. I'm a crybaby. I run, and I can't run very fast, I don't think, but I didn't want to put it to see how fast I could run. I could see in the papers, preacher gets beat up in church behind the pulpit or something. I wasn't ugly, but I, I was operating in the prophetic like I had never, ever before. And like, really, I haven't very much since. And as I left, the pastor said, I'm telling my friends about you. When they, people say when they have trouble, they're calling you. I said, don't do it. Don't ever give my name out to no one. He thought this is something I just do all the time. Like, I just love this. And I had to fast for two weeks. I ate one meal a day. And then I got rid of it. I'm sorry. But the pressure. But you know what? The man came on the platform and the whole church, as 150 of them watched, this ringleader, he walked up on the platform and he knelt down by his pastor and then he laid right next to him and he put his arm around him and he screamed like he was on fire. And until 12.30, then people repented. And they fell on that pastor's wife, and God saved that church. And I was glad to do it, because I could go on and eat two more meals a day, get fat again. And, and, uh, and, and, and uh, hey, I worked hard for this figure, you know. Anyway, and, and, and just go on. God is good. I don't want to operate in that every week. But God has special things for us to operate in. Amen. And whatever it is, we have to be obedient to the Word of God. Yes. Yes. Amen. Now, you don't operate in that until you got your pastor's permission. And he's, but you know what I'm saying. But um, God's large and in charge. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Amen. It was 1920. And a man by the name of G.T. Haywood... <clears throat> It was an African-American. He was a great man. He walked out of his pulpit on Sunday night, and he told his wife, I'm locking myself in my office. I don't know when I'm coming out. I won't be eating. Every day she comes, she brought meals and put them at his door. And they were left untouched. He never opened the door. That Sunday rolled around, he cleaned up, and while they were waiting on the pastor to come into the church, 
He walked for the first time other than uh, at a church service. I'm sure he had to go and use the restroom, whatever. But he walked to his pulpit, and as they sat waiting on him to say something, he sang a beautiful song of which we used to sing years ago. He was going through some things. And he sang this. On Calvary's hill of sorrow, without any music, where sin's demands were paid, and waves of hope for tomorrow across our path were laid. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary and its ways which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. Then he wrote a second verse, and he sang it. And I like this one. All, when gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned, no use to pray. Well, I just look away to Jesus. Oh, and he tells me. Oh, I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary and its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 through 12. Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now... Thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand, when thou tillest the ground. It shall not henceforth yield unto thee its strength. A fugitive and a wonder shall thou be in earth. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, speaking of this story that I read in the book of Genesis, <clears throat> we know that Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Cain offered the sacrifice from the ground, which was cursed. But Cain offered a sacrifice from the blood of the animal. Amen. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. 
Amen. The blood goes all the way back into the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. Where at first uh, the animals had to be killed. And their skins were used to cover the sin or the, 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 the skin of Adam and Eve. We know this. And there's a line, the bloodline runs all through the word of God. And the blood of Jesus is still speaking today. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and 4. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Oh, I'm so glad for the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. Amen. I know that we just celebrated Easter, but our Resurrection Sunday, but I celebrate it every day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God every day for his blood. I thank him that the blood that would flow from his brow when the uh, crown of thorns punctured his temple and flowed down his body and the hematidrosis, a bleeding sweat that, that in the garden of Gethsemane poured out from him. And then the nails in his hands and feet and the stripes placed upon his back for our healing. Amen? Amen. So the stripes placed upon his back for our healing. Amen. Amen. And the blood and water that flowed from his side, his blood is still speaking today. Amen. No matter who else, who, who, who else is speaking other than, amen, what they are speaking, amen. It doesn't matter what they say about you or think about you. The blood of Jesus is speaking today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And is speaking, Hebrews 12, 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. I believe that the blood of Abel spoke vengeance. It screamed out vengeance. Judgment came. But the blood of Jesus is not speaking judgment to us. But it's speaking liberty. It's speaking life. And it's speaking hope from your situation. Amen. Hallelujah. I have found uh, uh, that uh, when praying with uh, some people. Amen. For deliverance. For uh, different issues. From wounds from their past. Things that are not completely healed out. We know the story that if you will, uh, if, if you will keep uh, uh, the wound clear, amen, from infection, then it will heal on its own accord, amen. But many times uh, uh, in the in the uh, emotional realm, uh, you know, if you have to live with that person, or you do, you're dealing with the same thing every day, up close and and personal, amen. It takes a little bit longer for it to heal, amen. So. If infection gets in, then the bitterness uh, has to be has to leave, uh, amen. And the blood of Jesus deals with the bitterness. Uh, we ask God to forgive us, and we uh, forgive the person which releases their hold again upon us, uh, amen. Because we're reliving it when we let the infection come back in. Can you say amen? And so, therefore, <clears throat> I've seen many times in dealing with these people that I speak to them. Uh, 
And, and, and I feel like speaking today, amen, what the blood is saying. And I speak to these people, and I know that the blood of Jesus is burning you. I know that the blood of Jesus is working upon you and in you, amen, and against you, and it's burning you, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I want you to know that the things of the enemy, strongholds, attachments, and, and these evil things, amen, that we have given place to, amen, Come on, somebody. That said that we have given place to because he said neither give place to the devil. So there must be a place that if we're not careful, we can open up a door for evil spirits of some sort. I'm not saying you're possessed by devils. Uh, you may be, but if you are, you can get the same deliverance, uh, amen, from, from that as you can if you have strongholds and oppression or whatever it is, amen. But I tell, I speak to those spirits, uh, and I'm speaking to the person, and I can see, amen, I can see the cringing upon the person. I, I can see in the spirit what is happening to those evil spirits, amen. I'm talking about after repentance, when I'm commanding it to go, hallelujah. And, and I begin to speak about the blood. I know the name is powerful. We're not taking anything away from that that is powerful, but I believe they work together, amen. Hallelujah, water, spirit, and blood, hallelujah. I believe the name works together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we see things happen because the Satan hates the blood. Every demon spirit hates the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. And whatever hold that they have upon us, whatever have hold they have upon your children, whatever hold they have upon the people you're associated with and the prince of the city, amen, the hold that it has, amen, How many ever princes there are? Whatever their natures are. If we'll continually bombard the gates of hell and we plead the blood of Jesus Christ, amen, which doesn't mean that we're begging God to do anything, but we are imploring, we are asking all that the blood does and all that the blood is, that it would go to work on our behalf. I remember, I've been raised in this all my life. I remember years ago, the old sisters would sit in church during the preaching. And if you was really careful, those that were sitting two or three rows in front or behind them, they could hear those old time elders. They would say, yeah, I plead the blood. 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 We must never get away from pleading the blood. Amen. We should never get away from applying the blood. We should never get away from waking up in the morning and pleading the blood over our day and upon our children and our family and our church and our our pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Because there is power in the blood. And when gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned, no use to pray. Amen. I just look away to the blood. Amen. What are you looking at? The Lord wants me to ask you tonight. Where's your focus on? Amen. We must have, we must look away to Jesus. Look to the blood. Look to the name. Look to the power and authority. Amen. That's in the word of God. Because our help comes from the Lord. Amen. Which made heaven and earth. Amen. And I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is nothing like the blood of Jesus. Here I am. In August. August the 1st, I'm preaching in a town in, Little Rock, in Arkansas. Not Little Rock. 
I leave that Sunday night service. I go to the Airbnb that they have for me. And I tell my wife, I said, I'm running a fever. It's, I don't feel very good. So I get in the bed. All night I have this fever. I call the pastor the next day. And I said, you know, I'm going to get tested for COVID. Just want to let you know. He said, okay, good luck. And I said, okay, thank you. And I didn't think it was bad. I wasn't. And so we got tested for COVID, and they said, you have COVID. I called him back, and I said, I have COVID. I'm just letting you know that I had COVID. I wore my mask in the church, took it off in the pulpit, put it back on when I prayed for people. I did everything. What they said do. I didn't stay six feet for people. But you know what? If the masks work, why do I got a social distance? And if social distance to the masks work, what? That's your business. I'm just telling you mine. You didn't even have to ask. Are you having fun yet? Any fun living for God? God's here. So, my wife wouldn't get tested. We like to have a divorce, three of them. She's like, I don't have COVID. I said, you live with me. So, at day seven, my day seven, she went and got tested. They said, you probably got COVID. So here's what they did. The doctor we went to, the last one they gave it to, they said, we're giving you hydrochloroquine or whatever that stuff is. And they gave it to her and they gave it to me. And they checked me out inside the doctor's office and they said, Mr. Harris, you have double pneumonia already at day seven. But we're going to prescribe it to you too. But they said, we'll call you with the results of your wife. But we're just saying, go ahead and start taking the medication. We're going to say that you have it. Okay. We went home. Day 10, I'm in the hospital. <clears throat> I'm fighting for my life. <clears throat> I'm in the hospital on day 14. And I had people praying for me all around the world. And my wife was praying and warring at home in the evangelist quarters I was staying at. My breathing got better and they came in and they said to me, Mr. Harris, they were hoovering over me and I was laying on my belly because I had pneumonia and I wanted to do everything I could and, uh, you know, to help get it out. Laying on your belly helps. <clears throat> and, uh, and I said, are you turning the machines down? They said, no, we're turning everything off right now. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And they took the stuff out by nose and stuff. I was thanking the Lord. Two days later, I went home. They said, we want to give you oxygen. I said, no, I'm not going to need any oxygen. They said, well, if you don't need if you don't take the oxygen, you have to come do this all over again for us. Come back to the hospital, get examined. And I said, well, I understand that. And I'm a hardhead, but I, I'm, I'm okay now. My wife picked me up from the hospital, took me home. She said, I look worse than I did when I came out. I lost 30 pounds. And I like that part, but not the reason, not the way to, that, that's a terrible diet plan. But, uh, and she fed me a hamburger and started taking care of me. Night sweat started coming, even though I didn't have no fever. Sweating the bed out. 
COVID fog for months, three months after I come out of the hospital. <clears throat> and I got tested again, and they tested positive again, so we couldn't go out anywhere for 14 more days. So people started writing, sending stuff through the mail without any, they didn't ask me, I didn't cry, I didn't get on Facebook and say, I don't have any money. Money started coming in from all over the place, and, and uh, I just couldn't believe it. So I'm sitting here <clears throat> trying to overcome COVID. But I noticed that, that I now had allowed, after some time of being home, I allowed the, the spirit of fear to really take hold of me. And again, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go to church. Oh, I couldn't stand watching it on TV. I mean, the, my iPad. I mean, I, I mean, that's all I had. That's all I could do. But I'm just like, man, I want to be in church. But I couldn't. So for about five weeks, and I got up every 15 minutes of every hour. I went walking, started building my lungs, and all the stuff you're supposed to do. <clears throat> but the devil told me that the church that I preached in, every one of them got it, and they had to shut down their church. I didn't call him and say, I'm, I'm good luck. But the devil told me, every one of those people is dead, and they're dying because of you. And he started working on my head. And every once in a while, I would holler out for my wife, and she would come in there and said, I'm burning up with fever. It's happening again. She put the thermometer in my mouth. She worked in nursing. She's a pharmacy technician and unit clerk, hot monitor technician. That woman got more degrees than Carter's got pills. Anyway, she would tell you, she says, nothing's wrong with you. You don't have any fever. I'm like, oh, I called, though. It's coming. I got your bone here. And I'd cry because I'm like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Nobody knew it. When people call me, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm healed of COVID. But I wasn't whole yet. I opened up a door. Now, I'm the moochinary. I mean, I, I'm, the, I'm the, the man that travels. I'm doo-hoo, hooty-dooty, tooty-fruity, all that. I thought. And so I started studying about the blood of Jesus. And I started reading old time Pentecostal books on my Kindle, I found them off Amazon about what they used to do, what happened. And you know, years ago, it's not in our book, it's not in church history. But when people needed the Holy Ghost, they would have them repent. And they would say to them, the blood of Jesus is over you. And they would speak in tongues. I'm like, no. I ain't never heard that before. I mean, these authors would write about old Tom Penn. I'm not talking about UPC. I'm talking about some guys. that Some of them wasn't even Jesus' name. But they operated in the dimension of faith. And demons were cast out. And they pleaded the blood. And they called on the name of Jesus. And, and miracles happened everywhere. And I'm reading this over and over and over, and I'm taking notes. So about second or third day, I'm a speed reader. I'm really contemplating this, so I start praying. <clears throat> I prayed one hour. My wife come, and then we prayed for two hours. 
Then we prayed for three hours. And I said, I'm not stopping until this thing is gone. It's not going to be in this. I'm not going to be like this. No, I didn't call everybody. I didn't say, hey, come over to my house and lay hands on me. They were scared to death of me. I just was getting over COVID. And, you know, I had like the, the yeah, I had the plague back then. They had been funny, but I did have the plague. It was like I was some kind of, no, people want to stay away from me. I called this one church after I got over in Little Rock, and they're my partners in missions, you know. And I got family to go there. He heard I was going to come on a Sunday night. No, this was after this. And, and he's, like, he's like, he called me. He said, Mark, I'm going to ask you not to come to church. You'll scare our people to death. Everybody knows you here. Well, I read your partner. He said, come. He said, call me back in two weeks if you want to come. I understood that. So I went to Brother Holmes' church in Little Rock because I knew nobody knew who I was. Now, I didn't have the strength to get out there and do what I normally do. It was my first service back, but then people got down there. I was shocked because there was over a thousand people in that church and nobody wore a mask. I wasn't scared now. And everybody got all up front, shouted and danced and run into each other and did this watusi and I don't know what they were doing, but they were having church up in there. And they just thought I was a member of the church because they didn't have no idea who I was. And people come by and talk to us. I got close to somebody. <laughs> but as I began to pray, as God led me, I prayed with the, uh, in tongues and I prayed with understanding. Now, I've been, I, I butcher the English language, but we've been to Bengali school. We've been to Hindi school. And now we have to go to Japanese school. No, I don't know enough of any of those languages to preach a message, not even English, hardly, but I'm trying. But with the others, uh, I know enough to get by, and I could speak, but, I mean, the Holy Ghost starts yet let me speak in English against these things. And I couldn't believe that out of my mouth, the Lord started telling COVID, you're a foul spirit. Now, I'm not saying you got a foul spirit if you had COVID. You got it's a foul spirit. What it was I was allowing it to do to me was a foul spirit, okay? And after we prayed for four hours, we anointed the house and we began to drive out things in the name of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus was speaking better things than that of Abel. He was crying out from the cross. Amen. He was saying, let him go. He was saying, loose him. Set him free. I set you free in Jesus' name. The, the priest, uh, amen, it was like he was going in there and he had the blood on his finger and he was putting it on the, on the ark. Amen. Hallelujah. The Holy of Holies. Amen. It was all symbolic and coming together. And if evermore we're going to need to continue or we're going to need to plead the blood, it's in the day we're in.
Amen. Speak to the city. Amen. We know the blood of Jesus is against every demon. The blood of Jesus is against COVID. It's against corruption. All these things. But we have not because we speak not. Or have not because we ask not. But we're still speaking. We must speak about our situation. Speak to our situation. I don't command God. And I don't command angels. I know the scripture says, command ye my, amen. But I ask God to do it. I'm not even going to speak to the thing. I'm, going to, I'm not even going to speak to your sickness that you get healed. I'm going to speak to what the source of your sickness is. Because healing's already been done. Jesus never prayed for people like we pray for people. The disciples never did it, the apostles. Now, people get healed like that. I'm not against it. He didn't speak. Yeah. He spoke to the situation. He spoke to the source. He spoke to the problem. And he commanded it to leave. Amen. Glory. I'm not scared. The ground was cursed to Cain. And the devil used to be able to put seeds, things in your life. But he can't do it anymore because the blood entered into the ground of our life, so to speak. Yeah. Amen? Satan's the seed that he sowed cannot work like it used to. Because his blood is crying out better things than that of Abel. Than what the enemy has. You still, and there's people here, you're still struggling with many things. But if you're not doing better in, in some areas than you was when you got the Holy Ghost then you need a major deliverance. Amen? But surely you can look back and see something that's different in your life. Well, you're in church. 
And you used to not come to church. In fact, you hated it. Amen. You didn't like church at all, did you? Amen. Thank you. Some you got to hold the bottom, hold the top. I told my father-in-law, you know, he he pastored a country church and they didn't have PA. So when I preached for him, I told him one time, I'm like, Papa, I need a microphone. I'm going to lose my voice. And he's like, why do you need a microphone for us? And he just holds something in my hand. So the next service, he brought me a banana and gave it to me when I came to the pulpit. <laughs> And you know what? I preached with the banana in my hand because I figured if he could be funny, so could I. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We have the accuser of the brethren. And he's on full display. And the warfare that we're dealing with today are that that's being dealt around us, should we say, is more intense than ever before. Amen? Hallelujah. And we need the whole armor of God on, and we need the whole arsenal of everything that belongs to us. Amen. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over the remainder of this service. I know, Lord, what you want to do. And I'm willing to do whatever you tell me to do. I pray for those also that are on live stream. Many are watching from the other church where we'll be on Thursday night. Thank you for praying with us on live stream right now. We're binding together as the body of Christ. Not as a particular, not as a particular church, but as the body of everyone that's here and everyone that's on the air. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, glory to your name, glory to your name, glory to your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, God honors his word. He honors his name. He honors his blood from anybody. He will back, he was, he will back it up. But oh, how much more will he do that for a child of his that's repented of their sins and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and received the Holy Ghost? Amen. 
So I'm going to ask right now, amen, as we just continue in the frame of prayer that we're in, amen. Is there anyone here that needs the Holy Ghost? You do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've never received it before with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Would you lift up your hand? You have never received the Holy Ghost before, spoke with tongues. Would you raise your hand? Whether you be a child, young person, adult, anyone here does not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just keep on praying a minute. Keep on talking to the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. In the name of Jesus, we loose the blood of Jesus in this house. We loose the power and authority that's in the blood. Amen. In this house, in this city, in this state, in this nation. But right now, Lord, in particular, in these that are in this house and those that are listening in their house or wherever they are, we loose, uh, amen, the blood. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. His blood is speaking right now. Wholeness and healing and deliverance and victory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you've got pain in your body, stand to your feet right now. If you've got pain in your body, amen. If you've got pain in your body right now, stand to your feet in the name of Jesus right now. The blood of Jesus is against you, pain. I come against that pain right now. You on live stream also, stand in your living room. If you got pain in your body, stand up in your living room. Stand up. Amen. I speak to you. Amen. I address this pain and I command it by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. Right now, I command that pain to go. In the name of Jesus, I speak to the pain, the source of whatever is causing it. I command you in the name of Jesus. To, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Straighten up. Be fixed. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus right now, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you right now. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Now get out and move. If your pain was in your back, 
Get out and move your back. If it's in your knee, if it's someplace in your arm and your leg, why don't you get out and move it right now? Why don't you stretch it? Right now, stretch your faith. Amen. Amen. Is it still painting, brother? Is it still there? Still there? Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. How's the pain, sister? Just be honest. It's fine. You will be. Okay. And just keep on doing what you're doing. Amen. You're good. Just keep on because God's starting to work. You know, we... Sometimes, you know, we're just going to move in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Just keep on. Praise the Lord. Amen. The warmth, amen, is moving up her arm right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Into those joints and through that body and that elbow. Amen. And shoulders right now. Amen. Hallelujah. We're thanking God for what he's already started to do. What he started to do in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're healed, if the pain's left your body on live stream, then type it in. Send it to the church. Any of you guys monitoring it? If not, we'll see it later. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, my people, oh, my people. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I love it, yes. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. That is true, you know. God's waiting on us. We wait on men. He don't need men. But we do what we, in our feeble way, have allowed him to use mortal clay. But God wants to do many things. Hallelujah. We know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In Arizona, Tucson, a couple months ago, I preached the whole message. Wow. It was even good. And then the Lord told me just to stand up there. I felt so dumb. And everybody just stared at me. <clears throat> I think I was preaching about the blood of Jesus there. And I talked about how the blood can heal, power, deliver, all the things that we already know. And everybody was just sitting there looking at me. <clears throat> it was a Wednesday night, and there were 700 people at this church on a Wednesday night. And after 15 minutes of me just staring at them, I just tell them a few things in between. I would say things like, I'm not intimidated. Don't bother me. I can't do anything but what God tells me. Isn't that crazy? Then people looking at me like, this guy's lost his marbles. And from the very back row, I later found out one of our retired global missionaries, he stepped out and he started walking down to the front. And he was dragging his left leg, his foot or whatever, and he was, he was old. He was old as, yeah, dirt. And it took him a while to get there, and everybody just sat there, and they were just looking at him. 
what the man said was true. What he said through the Holy Ghost. He come walking down that middle aisle and he got about 10 foot from me. The power of God hit him out of dead silence for 15 minutes other than just me saying those few words that I did. That was weird. There wasn't no, I mean, we didn't have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir up there. There's nobody banging the drums and, 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 and on the keyboard and all that's fine in this place. Praise singers weren't in place yet. That was so weird. And all that, like I said, it's in his place, but God don't have to have all that. He just wants your faith. When he comes, is he going to find faith on the earth? I know it's speaking of, but, but right now, will he find you having faith? I can't give you faith. I can pray for you, and I can tell you stories, and you can be healed on my faith, but you're going to get it right back when you go out the door. Amen? Because I can't go home with you, and I ain't going home with you. That guy, that old, that elder, everybody sat there and they watched and his foot snapped back into place in front of everyone. And he started dancing and shouting and running. And then for two and a half hours, I had to pray for 700 people. Amen? Nobody sat in their seat and just stared and wondered what was going, what was going on like you are. Because you're waiting on the man of God to do it. When God is in this place to do it. Amen? I believe it. Your pastor believes it. You can go home with the same depression you came in here with. Because some of you got a big cloud right over you. There's a big old cloud. I see it right over you. And you want me to tell you you got it. Why? I shouldn't have to tell you you have it. Now, I will. Amen? If God tells me to. But you know you have it. Why do you want to go home with the same mess that you had when you came in? While we're waiting on the preacher to bring it, to scream that loud scream and to do that, ah, and preach that word that knock us out of our seat. There's, there's time for that. Thank God we have those guys, but I hadn't been one of those guys in a few weeks. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus is in the house. The blood's here. The name's here. I know you on live stream can't come down this aisle right now. <laughs> Amen. But you can step out in faith right where you are. Amen. Hallelujah. In the spirit. And you step out, he'll step in. 
I said, if you step out, he will step in. Hallelujah. The blood's crying out for you. The blood of Jesus is crying out for you. Amen. Amen. Some of you are really skeptical. You're wondering what this is all about. Don't worry about what it's all about. You're in good hands here. Amen. Your pastor wouldn't let anything happen that's not of God in this place. Amen. You have to trust him. And trust him that he's heard from the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I want all you children to lift up your hands and worship the Lord, would you? Amen. Lift up your hands and start praising the Lord, would you? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All you that will, lift up your hands and start praising the Lord. Every young person, every child. Amen. Every adult or however you want to do it. Amen. Come on, lift up your hands and start crying out to Jesus. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and begin to pray. Come on, it's revival time. Amen. Come on, open up your mouth. You know how to pray, boys and girls. You know how to pray. Open up your mouth and let's worship the Lord. Come on, come on. God's moving upon you right now. Right now. Yes, that's it. God's got a word for you, kids. God's got a word for you. That's right, open up your mouth and begin to praise the Lord. I know it won't take you long to speak in tongues. Amen. In the name of Jesus, lift up your hands and pray. Lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come on, something's starting to break. Something's starting to break right now. Something's starting to break in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Keep on praising, but somebody just wrote online and said they were healed. Somebody just rolled back online. Amen. They said they received a healing on live stream. Amen. They just reported it. Just typed it in. Amen. We give God the praise for that. Amen. Come on. Come on. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Come on. Lift up your voice. Open up your mouth and talk to Jesus. Open up your mouth and talk to Jesus. Come on, I'm going to come by and pray for some of you. Amen. If you don't want me to pray for you, just tell me. It ain't going to hurt my feelings. Amen. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. is speaking to you condemnation. But the blood is saying, you are my child. I have redeemed you and I have called you out. And my hand is upon you. Amen. Listen to what God says. Don't listen to what the enemy says. Amen. Give her clear direction. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I pray for you? In Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come on, let's don't stop. Let's don't stop. Come on, be healed, delivered. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Come on, I'm going to pray for you. Don't quit praying until I pray for you. Amen. Amen. Hey, buddy, I want you to look at me. Amen. All your life, you've had a love for the things of God. Amen. You've loved the Word of God, and you try to read it. Amen. Hallelujah. God has put some things in your heart and a desire to do something for Him. Amen. Amen. Know that you don't have to wait till you're old as Papa or, 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 or when you're married to be used of God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. But he wants to use you even now. Amen. He wants to use you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Hallelujah. I want this one to come too. And that one. Come up here, baby. Come up here, sweetheart. Come over here. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come over here. I'm going to pray for all three of you together, okay? Amen. Hold my hand, honey. I'm married. So, he's got his hands on you kids. Amen. Something's in you that you haven't tapped into. It comes from a generational line. Amen. You're special. It don't mean that you're better than anybody else. But in God's eyes, he wants to do something great. Amen. Hallelujah. You're blessed generationally coming in and going out. 
what the enemy wants to make you think that you're lost and what you want. He wants to make you afraid, especially you. He wants to make you uh, feel like you have peer pressure and you're insecure and you're inferior and that you're not good enough as, as other people. Amen. And in the name of Jesus, we're going to pray against that. And the Lord wants to set you free of insecurity and inferiority and shyness, amen, and feelings that you're inadequate. That is not of God. Amen. Then things will hinder you from being used of God. And as I was telling him, God does not want you to wait until you're 40 to be used of God. Amen. Come over here, Pastor. Amen. Go ahead. Keep on praying. God does not expect you. Amen. And neither does your pastor. Amen. May want to have to... Uh, won't want you to only be used of God when you're 18. But when you're 11 years old, God wants to use you. And when you're 12 or 5 or 7 or 8 or however old you are, God wants to start right now doing things through you and in you. Amen. And this insecurity has to go. This inferiority has to go. And feelings of, of that you're not complete. And so right now, I want you to lift up your hands. And the blood of Jesus Christ is against you. Amen. Spirits of the enemy. Generational spirits. Amen. From lying and lines. Right now, I set you free by the power and authority of the name of Jesus. Right now. Jesus, Let it happen, let it happen, let it happen, let it happen right now. In the name of Jesus, go minister to somebody. Come on, go minister to somebody. to you. His voice is going to become very clear to you and you're going to hear him very clearly. And don't think that, that you're not worthy to hear the voice of God. But God is speaking to you. You're worthy, sister. Amen. Hallelujah. And I give notice to every prince and every spirit of darkness. Amen. And in the name of Jesus, I loose you in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is speaking better things than that. Amen. Come on. Anointing fall upon her right now. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus, be healed on live stream right now by the power and authority of the name of Jesus. God's going to use some of you on live stream to walk in authority that you've never walked in before. Right now, I speak right now the word of faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, that you feel the empowerment right now of apostolic power and authority come upon you. That God would use you right now in a greater measure than what you ever had before. I impart to you, amen, miracle signs and wonders. I impart to you the fruit and the gifts, amen, of those that are here to those that are here and those that are on the live stream. And I loose them into your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Be whole, be healed. You that are on live stream, why don't you turn to those in the room with you and why don't you lay hands on each other? If you're not doing it already, on live stream, begin to pray for one another. Amen. Out here, you're beginning to pray for each other. Amen. Come on, shout and dance. That pain is gone. Shout and dance and rejoice like that situation has already been resolved. Amen. Come on, don't wait till you get on the other side of the Red Sea to rejoice. But dance on the side of the Red Sea when it seems like that it's impossible. Rejoice on this side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Praise God. Can't take much more, can you? Getting late, ain't it? Now, does anybody want to be prayed for for any type of deliverance? I don't have to know what it is.
deliverance from your past, deliverance from cigarettes, alcohol, pornography. Amen. Deliverance from hearing voices. From mania. Think you're going crazy sometimes. Hallelujah. You go ahead. I hand it right back to you. Okay. Sit down for a minute. Somewhere around 1998, uh, it was February of 97 when I went to the first manifest meeting, but the real change began to manifest itself over the next year. And in Puyallup, I found myself ministering and then it was like the Holy Ghost would arrest me and I'd stop. I wouldn't say nothing. I'd stand there or sit down. 15, 20 minutes. People, some people would get up and walk out. Okay. But I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't say anything to him. The Holy Ghost would arrest me. And, of course, he was also challenging me. Are you going to do this? Or do you want me to do this? And so I waited. I waited. It was really hard. It was difficult to say nothing. Like you described, people just looking like, well, what? Some of the elders got up. Elders got up and left. And all at once in a moment, the Spirit of God would sweep through the house. And we would have a service after the service. Except in the second one, there was demonstration and manifestation of His glory and power. Now, that's where we are right now. Flesh has been moved out of the way. All of the... Uh, human expectations are out of the way and we stand waiting on the glory of God. It's in this environment anything can happen. Now you decide. If your clock is telling you I just, I gotta go. Then dismiss yourself and go. You can't put a clock on him. We do have the promise of the word. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a renewal that comes in God. There is a refreshing. There is a strength that I can walk. I can run. And not be weary and not faint because it's not human. Let me, let me give you a, just a for instance. When you come and begin to enter in in prayer, you push. There's effort. You have to begin and you make, 
you make effort and you begin to pray, but it's still it's, it's, a, it's a, a flesh element that you're pressing through. It's your own dimension. You're pressing through. And then all at once, you begin to feel something begin to help you. And then the, the empowerment comes. It is the Holy Ghost. Now, this is where we are, okay? I know what I've observed, and I've watched the willingness and the obedience of this vessel. And so, I'm just going to give the microphone back to him, and as God would lead him, I'm just going to ask him to be honest with us. Okay? You know, sometimes your look back says, don't touch me, don't talk to me, don't go near that spot. And then he has to decide. Do I press through that and help you? Or do I let you go home in the situation that you came in? And you go home with questions. The same questions. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I know there's some situations that you've not spoken to. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I feel from the Lord there's situations you have not spoken to. Amen. Well, that made me feel real good. Let me know I wasn't the only crazy one in the house. Amen. Amen. Well, see what needs to happen as we're on this precipice tonight. A pressing through. God's already here. We don't need cheerleaders in the pulpit today. If we can't start worshiping because we love God and, and we, are, uh, <clears throat> we, we worship out of our love toward Him, then, you know, we can't make that happen. We're Pentecostal. We got everything down pat. We know what to do. But we still want to be told because that's the way we've been raised. Lift your hand. Shout, dance, clap. Nah, I have a problem with them too. But we're right on the precipice of what God wants to do in this service. Right on the edge. Somebody needs to obey God. You say, well, everything's all right with me. I'm not one of those people that pastor's probably talking about. Well, that's okay. Why don't you then just slip into, this, into that inner sanctum with God? And you obey God, whatever he's telling you to do. Because when God starts doing, we start allowing God to do what he wants to do. Then he's going to minister. He's going to be able to minister to these other needs. Amen? The timing is not right. 
Hallelujah. And so, I have five-hour services usually in America. Sometimes. That's hard on Tuesday or Wednesday night. But it used to not be hard. Because you know that if it's of God, he's going to give you the strength to get up tomorrow and go to work. And you can sleep when you're dead. Amen. Go to bed early tomorrow night. It'll be all right. You're going to make it. Back in the day, we used to have revival every night. I would get off on a Monday, and I'd be preaching. Go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Twice on Sunday. Start back on Tuesday for weeks. And if you miss church, the pastor told everybody they was probably going to hell back in that day. Amen, really? That's the way I was raised. I'm not saying that's so, but you miss one service. So here we are. And God says, here I am. That's what the Lord's saying. He's given all his self for you. Here he is. What do you need? Oh, yeah, I remember that song about, you know, reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. You'll find he's not too busy. Amen. I just told you about that miracle that that preacher had, that, that missionary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we need you. Come on down and do what you do, Lord. Come on, Jesus. The Lord's saying, come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. The blood's loosed in the house. The power of the blood, the power of the name is loosed in this place.
name in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. The blood speaks you're healed. The blood speaks you're delivered. The blood speaks you're free. The blood speaks the depression is gone. In Jesus' name. The blood is speaking about concerning your past. Come on, that's it. Come on, come on. Let it go. 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 Hallelujah. Miracles are starting to happen. Deliverance is starting to happen to those who want it. To those who want it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. I pray for my brother in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I pray for you, brother. You dealing with anything? Any prayer for anything? Tired? Weary? Don't know. Not me. Huh? Huh? No, you're okay? Situations with other people, you're praying for other people. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, right now. Amen. You do have the Holy Ghost, don't you speak it in tongues? Or would you like to have it? Huh? Huh? When's it going to come? Well, do you expect it to come when I pray for you? Huh? Well, if you don't believe it, you won't receive it. Amen. Everything operates through faith. No, it ain't going to come. It'll come when you want it. Amen. When you get ready for it and you want it right now, you'll get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you believe you'll, you can have it right now, and I pray for you, you're going to speak in tongues right now. If you keep on saying it'll come, it'll come whenever it wants to. That ain't faith. Faith says, now faith. Amen. Now faith. I believe it right now. It's going to happen. Amen. Amen. I'd love to see you get it. But you have to believe for it right now. <clears throat> Amen. So what do you say? <clears throat> All right. Okay. telling you that if you repent and believe God will give you the Holy Ghost, when I pray for you, you'll receive it. And all I'm asking is that you want it right now. Thank you. 